What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Around the ACL. It's Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione. And uh, we've got a really cool show for you today. We're going to focus uh, a bit of our show on teams. It's coming up here in Myrtle Beach in just a few weeks. So we've got some special guests coming up. We're going to talk about some mock draft situations. Uh, but first, let's get into your weekends. And uh, Trey, anything exciting this weekend for you? Uh, I had family Christmas actually this weekend. Uh, part of the part of well, on my wife's side, part of her family gets uh, um, they're they're doing some surprises around Christmas time, a trip to Disney for some of the kids. So they pulled out the rest of the family, pulled that date up. So we did like all the gift exchanges and the Secret Santa and all that kind of stuff um, this weekend. So it was uh, early, it was a good early time. Christmas. Yeah, early stuff. So um, that was good. And then I, I wrapped and wrote cards for all of my office presents. So Anthony, I handwrite notes for you both, you and Anthony. This oh yeah, with little, you send me a little something, something, a little something, something. So yeah. uh, don't say I never did anything for you guys. All right, so. yeah, yeah. it wasn't your assistant. You actually my did. hand right. was sore. I've written notes like. Everybody, everything nowadays is like, right, typing, texting, yeah. whatever. Like, I sat down and wrote like 10 cards, 15 cards. And that, I was like, how did we ever write on the SAT? Like, my arm must have fallen off <laughs> if I had to do that. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Crazy. crazy. We don't do that anymore. We don't do that much no. anymore. No. <laughs> Anthony, how about you? Um, hey, my middle one had a birthday, so I uh, had a bunch of the family over, Uncle Bob and the whole crew. So it was pretty packed, maybe like the uh, same 50 people in the house. So I threw down some breakfast, um, oh had a big God. old breakfast spread and, um, yeah, family running around the house. It was a good time. And then again, man, I keep taking steps back. I only got about two hours of practice in this weekend. So our guests coming on, like I was saying, those guys probably get that in by breakfast. At least Jamie does. He's going to get two hours in by breakfast. So uh, I'm falling back. It's it's becoming a struggle just to come out of a tournament with a nine, you know, and that 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 scores you about eh, seventh place in a, in a bracket these days when you when you come out of there barely above a nine. So I'm struggling to keep up, Mish. It's uh the struggle's real. The game's oh, getting yeah. away from me. The game's getting away from me. I can relate. I spent all week and weekend in bed. I'm still sick, and I missed my Kevin Hart show last night. I couldn't go. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I know. Brutal. It was so brutal. I had to give my tickets to someone else and just cry silently in my bed. Everyone enjoyed Kevin Hart. And then mm. Nick came home and I go, how was it? He's like, it was great. I'm like, that's all I get for the show <laughs> that I was looking forward to for weeks. <laughs> brutal. How brutal. are the seats? They're good. Awesome. Good talk. Good talk. <laughs> all right. That's enough about me. Let's bring on our guests. We have uh, Trevor Brooks and Jamie Graham. They're going to join us and to talk about teams. They are the co-captains of the Carolina Coasters. Um, we're excited to see kind of how these teams are going to look into the drafts this season. So welcome, guys, to the show. Thanks, guys, for having us. What's up, fellas? Thank you for having me on. Yeah. How, how are you guys feeling about the draft coming up in just a few weeks? I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, they've they've spunked up the teams event and uh, and piqued our interest before the season started. So it's going to be exciting for teams. Yeah, no doubt. This year. no doubt. Are you guys like, are you guys like strategizing every day? I mean, how much time are you putting into getting ready for this draft? 
Honestly, for me, I haven't. I mean, I'm just going to go with the best of the best, in my opinion, on who I think can get us that championship. So I really don't have to strategize anything. I mean, we talked about that pick that somebody wanted to trade for us, but other than that, we haven't really talked at all. Now, that's a good lead-in then. So you're saying best of the best. So <clears throat> I guess we're going to learn a lot once we get into this on what strategy each captain's going to take. But you've got – you know, there's all this talk about chemistry. You know, do you pick a team? Then you have, hey, I'm going to take the best available. Probably sponsorships, maybe bag types might drive a little bit of the decision, like people trying to pull someone from their same sponsored bag company. Um bag type, you know, style of play matchup, but you're saying, Hey, I think we're going to go into this, just going with the best available pick, ignore chemistry, ignore bags, or, or what are your thoughts on that? I see you shaking your head there, Trevor. What do you think? No, um, I definitely think it's interesting with uh, me, Jamie and Eric being the captains and Dusty as well, because Dusty's a pretty analytical person and he's going to help out the team a good bit. But one thing they don't know about us three is we're actually students of the game as well. And when he means the best of the best, we're not going to look at a stat sheet and say who we're not going to go from top to bottom. We're not going to do that. We're actually, we, we spend a lot of good time and, and watching and, and seeing, you know, measuring our competition. So we know who we're looking for whenever we get there. And I don't know how much time we have to pick, but we'll, we'll know where we're at and who, and who we got to face. And we'll have a conversation about it. It ain't getting on typically be just the top of the stat sheets or it's all is fair. Yeah, so you're going to consider all those variables and then and then make a decision off of that. We also want some camaraderie and some and some people that's familiar with each other. And we, you know, on the pro circuit, we've known each other for years. We know we're going to build a team, a strong team of uh, of mates, for sure. When we talk specifically about draft strategy, one thing that I find interesting is, um, you know, at one point we're we're going to we're obviously talking talking to you guys. Yeah, another guest that that Anthony's kind of lining up for us is going to be Jimmy Humans um, in the Woodchucks and. Both you and the Woodchucks, you're on opposite ends, but you're going to have a very similar draft strategy because you're always going to have in a snake draft those back-to-back -back picks, right? You guys are going to be the last in the draft, so you'd be 16 followed by 17. When I'd be interested, whether it's Jamie or, or, or Trevor, either one of you, kind of, do you think there will be any strategy built in there having those back-to-back -back picks? And what I mean by that is – do you see yourself possibly going for duos in that draft, right? Do I say, I know these two are, are partners. I can boom, boom, get them within the same draft, or is it truly going to be best available for you guys when you look forward to that? That's actually a really good question. Um, that's worth, worth thinking about when you cross that bridge, especially having the us, us and, um, and Jimmy having the snake draft, the snake picks. Yeah, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. No, I mean, like I said, all is fair. So we're going we're gonna to look at it from all angles. And we got a pretty strong team, especially with Dusty behind us. So we're going to make some informed and intelligent decisions when it's, okay. when it's time to pick. That's, um, that's how I saw it. When I did my mock draft, I saw Poitras and Modlin available. So I went, <laughs> they're going to pick Poitras and Modlin. That's going to be their back-to-back -back pick. So you'll see that a little bit later on the show. But, yeah, I think that would be a solid strategy as well. <laughs> And maybe one follow up for Jamie kind of, so last season you were the previous year, you, you weren't a captain, right? Or last season you weren't a captain. So you were actually draftable in that draft was actually a lot of people would look back and say, how the heck did that happen? Crazy. But regardless, right. Last season you were, you were being picked, right? So you had no preparation going into it. Now you're on the other side. 
you know, can you speak maybe a little bit to like what it was being an expected top round pick and how it's different from what you're doing this year and preparing to draft people that will be some of these top picks? Um, I mean, behind the scenes last year when I got picked, I was helping Cheyenne like text messages. So like we were going back and forth after she picked, she let me know that she was going to pick me if, uh, after Adam picked Baldwin. And, uh, so when she picked me, yep. I was like, so who do you want next? And we just talked for like the whole draft almost who we we're going to pick. And, uh, I kind of knew everybody until the end, like, uh, first time ever meeting Williams. I didn't really know him or Labrador, but found out they were great players, uh, for our team. But, uh, I don't know. It's a little pressure on me this year because, like, I mean, I got two co-captains, uh, Trevor and Eric, but I really want to go back-to-back so I know how hard that's going to be, and I know the talent is tough this year. But um, I think our 16th pick, back-to-back, uh, -back, I think that's going to be crucial. Uh, depends on who's left when it comes to us. But I have two in mind, and if one gets taken, I have another one in mind, but I cannot say it. But I'll talk to <laughs> Eric about that, but uh, I think I think one of them is going to be available. I think they're going to miss out on it, and I'm going to get it. But uh, I'm looking forward to it, Trey. Uh, it feels good to finally be a captain. I can't believe me or Matt wasn't captains last year, but Matt was a rookie, so he couldn't be. But yeah, yeah. But uh, that was crazy, though. I had to get picked last year and uh, end up being on the winning team with the Woodchucks. So. Yeah, with that, so you, like you said, you were the third pick. You kind of came into this captain role. And, and even at the first national, um, you were playing like a captain role as well. I mean, just between the two of you, it looked like you both were helping to lead the team. I kind of felt like even halfway through that first event, your team was pretty tight. I mean, you already had like this team chant going on. You had like this this song that you guys were doing. You guys seemed to be pretty tight. If oh. you were to look back on last season, obviously you went out and you won the whole thing. What would you take forward to this year as saying, hey, this is probably what put us in the position to win this last year, and I'm going to redo that this year? What, what was the key, you think, to your success last year? Um, a lot of us were all friends. Like, we all knew each other really well. Um, we trusted Cheyenne with her decisions on who to play with who, and uh, she, did, she did a great job. Um, I mean, she asked every now and then, what, what do you think? And uh, I gave my opinion. But uh, I let her take the wheel. I mean, she knew what she was doing. Everything she did was right. I mean, the first – I think the first national, we went 4-0, and then we came up with that chant. Yeah. A little cringy, but uh, – <laughs> right. but, uh, um, but, yeah, I, I had a blast playing with Cheyenne. Um, I think this year is going to be similar to last year. Like I said earlier, um, when I say best of the best, I don't mean the best on the list. I kind of know me and Trevor, we played a long time. We know who can throw and who can't, who can handle the pressure and who can't. So I think that's where it's going to come down to. Hey, that's a good lead way. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, Trevor. Um, you guys have both been in the league for a long time. How do you feel about rookies, people that don't have the broadcast experience and things like that? Does that worry you at all, even though they're great players? I think uh, you always – you always have to worry about them throughout the tournament because that's when they're going to be their most comfortable. You know, early in the games, two, three, four, first games, they're going to be very comfortable. But I think it's it's proven in itself a lot of – I mean, old Weed Whacker, he gets it done a lot. But um, a lot of them, uh, they get there and they don't get it done at a 
at a pretty low percentage rate. So I'm still comfortable with – as long as my game's sharp enough to get me there, then I feel good about finishing the job. So it's left to be determined about them, about getting the job done or not. We'll see. Guys, as you look forward, um, you know, this year teams are regionally affiliated. You're the Carolina Coasters, right? Is there any motivation or desire or um, – did you see yourselves – skewing at all a little bit towards taking players that are in the Carolinas region. Like if, if you get to the end of the road, right, you get to your, your part in a draft and you have a, you know, you have a, a Frank Modlin available, obviously, besides him being a player, right? If you have two players that you view being of equal skill, do you see yourselves gravitating towards taking some players that are from your region? For sure. I would love to – if I could pick the whole Carolina team, I would because, I mean, I think we are one of the best states in the uh, the whole world. So, I mean, we have a bunch of talent. Um, but, like I said, if it's equal, I'm definitely going to Carolina. If it's <laughs> yeah, but, hey, I'm just thinking that makes complete sense. You put like a, like a Colorado, New Mexico, Utah – Hell no. You're going the opposite way. You're like, how do I find someone outside of this division, this conference? So I, I can see you guys have options. You guys got a lot of options out there to choose from to stay regional. I mean, when you're, when you're looking around, you think Frank Milan's going to play a whole lot better with us than, than with the Cali team. I would assume we would pull more of his, you know, willpower out to win. Yeah. So it's, it's always situational. I, I would play better if I had better conversations and, got there at eight o'clock and, and was ready and prepared with my team. You know, this year I think it's going to be a whole lot more serious and getting involved, everybody getting involved and working together. So it's going to be a whole lot more voices than, than just one or three for that matter. So Anthony, who do you have them going 16, 17? Poitras modeling. Wow. I don't have them available. So I have them off my board. They're not going to be available. I got you yeah. guys taken and I'm interested and I know you're not giving us anything, but I got you guys taken Berkeley at 16 and then taking uh this is kind of a weird one off the charts but aj sims i think he drops and becomes available as a top level player so uh, kind of see the difference in, in what uh, uh anthony and i are thinking but um excited to kind of see you guys who you guys take in those those first two picks yep thank you guys so much for your time unfortunately we do have to uh, move into our next section here talking about the mock draft but uh thank you so much for your your feedback and we look forward to seeing what you do in just a few weeks in Myrtle beach. Thank you guys. Thanks for jumping on guys. Appreciate it guys. Sir. All right. Well, you guys have very different opinions Ooh. on what they're going to do and I'm curious <laughs> to see what your opinions on our other things. So let's talk a little bit about what those mock drafts are going to look like. That does take place on January 1st at 10 a.m. Eastern on ACL cornhole TV. It's going to be live from Myrtle beach. It's going to be hosted by Jeff and Bernie, myself and Anthony. Um, and we're looking forward to it. Uh, Trey, what can you tell us about kind of what you're looking at for those? What does that, what does that host look like, Trey? Just real quick. Like, how do you see this? Is Mish going to be on the couch? Is there a couch? I don't think like, it's a couch, you... right? It's a desk. Yeah. Yeah. No, this oh, year. So desk. this year, this year we'll have a desk. Um, we'll have a desk. That's uh, three, three hosts. So Jeff, Jeff will be in the primary host. We'll have also Michelle and Bernie, three people at the main desk. Anthony will be our, um, you know, our analyst uh, kind of on the move. So we'll, okay. we'll either have we'll either have an iPad with you or some type of touch screen that you can go through some of the different things, talk about certain things that you want to. 
um, and then also kind of be a roamer. So we'll have the ability to move some camera angles. You're going to be able to get out into the crowds and talk to yes. some of the captains. Um, you know, we'll be able to get you there with, with all that info, um, which will be great. Um, you know, we'll have, well, five cameras set up. We'll have some, you know, one on the desk, one on the podium, one getting a shot of everybody, one that can, um, give a certain spot to Anthony, another one that can be roaming and get some different camera angles. So, uh, Wally and I will be producing, we'll both have a headset. So we're both going to have the available, uh, the ability to, to jump in with some of our cool. insight from the truck at any time. So it's going to be a really cool, um, production. So excited for that. Um, but yeah, uh, as far as mock draft goes, I, you know, I had a chance to peek at Anthony's. We both kind of looked and it's, peaked, huh? it's, yeah, it's, it's similar for the most part, but I think the biggest difference is our number one overall pick. So yes. uh, my number one overall pick goes 22nd in Anthony's draft and his number one overall pick goes 13th in my draft. So like everything else near the top seems pretty even, but we have such polarizing differences and opinions on that top pick. Start with me, New England Woodchucks. I have first overall pick going to Kyle Malone. And the reason for that is a couple things. One, when we when Jimmy Humans revealed, and he is the captain, you know, Jacob Trzinski was the captain. He gave those responsibilities to Jimmy Humans, right? He said, Jimmy, I want you to drive this boat. Okay. <laughs> Jimmy Humans said point blank, I picked Kyle Malone. Because Kyle Malone is the best doubles player of all time. Word for word, less than two months ago, best doubles player of all time. Teams is a doubles event. So you're telling me Jimmy Humans in the first pick has a chance to pick the best doubles player of all time. I don't care anything else. Yep. He's got a chance to pick the best, in his eyes, the best doubles player of all time. And... And he already has chemistry with him. And Kyle has now won nationals with three different types of bags. Okay. Which means he is versatile when it comes to winning at a high level. All those things point to me to say, Kyle's got to be a top pick. He's got to be the number one guy, right? Could not be. I have the aviators going after Jay Rubin at two. Really pretty point blank. He's he's a top player. He's a world champion. He puts a lot of bags in the hole. I think he'll do fine with the Aviators. I have Virginia Cutters going to get Ryan Smith. This is a round limited event. Ryan Smith is shown to be one of the best round limited players ever in the history of the ACL. He's from Virginia. I have him going uh, to the Virginia Cutters at three. Michigan Marauders. I have them going to snag Fisher Hamilton. Fisher Hamilton has surged up to the top of these rankings. He has Joe Neistat and Jordan Power have now both seen and experienced Fisher Hamilton in person over the past six months. I think they're going to be impressed with him, and he has shown that he is arguably a top 10 player, and a top 10 player with all these captains already taken should be a top pick. I'll go a little bit faster here. Georgia Sliders going after Ryan Wiedenfeld. I think Noah Wooten and Duncan Clemmer both appreciate and value Wiedenfeld's game. I originally had Kano here. I think Kano hasn't lived up to the billing so far this year. That'll drop him and drop him in the draft. Frank Modlin going to the Arizona Burn. I know you have him later in your draft, yep. but I really just think, Anthony, that 
You have veterans with Lopez, Hadley, and and Zaft. They're not going to go after a rookie. They want an established name, a veteran of the game who has success. They go after Maudlin. Colonels, Kentucky guys, they're taking Brett Guy or Jimmy McGuffin. Flip a coin. I promise you, they're taking one of those two, right? Um, so nice. I think they go Jimmy McGuffin, right? Florida Freeze, Derek Holland. Cheyenne Renner took Derek Holland on the Woodchucks last year, and he had the highest PPR of anybody on her team and was a staple on her team the entire season. I think she gives a little nudge to Rawls to say, hey, look, yep. he's the best player right now. Um, take him. I then have Callie, Callie Slingers going after Kano. Again, Tony Smith is going to say, no, if you're not going to take him, I'm going to take him, right? So he drops to the Slingers. The Timber, I have them going after Tyler Poitras. You have two old school guys. You have Adam Hisner and you have um, Josh Holland. They're going to say, give me an old school guy who is tried and true. They take Tyler Poitras. Um, wrapping up here, the Vegas high rollers, Zockline's available. All right. So Zockline's available. I think Tanner Halbert takes that opportunity to take someone that's a veteran. The bully baggers, again, they're taking somebody from Texas. If you want to put AJ Sims here, fine. Yeah. But there's so yeah. many good, talented players available. I say they go Caleb Batson. The Ringers are going to look for someone that's really, really good on that carpet bag. Alec Ryan is where I have this one going because Devin Harbaugh has now played Alec Ryan like seven times in the past two events. So he knows how good he is. If yep. Ryan drops to him, Harbaugh will take him, I bet. All right, wrapping it up, 14, I have Chicagoland Spinners. Chicagoland, Stephen Bernasette, available, gone. Bernasette's gone. He's going to the Spinners. 15, Missouri Mays. I think Ryan Windsor appreciates veteran players and is going to look and see who has those all-time titles that I can take. I say he goes after Jordan Camba for a first-round pick. And finally, to round out my, my 16th pick, I think the Carolina Coasters are going to look for someone in the North Carolina area. Unfortunately, I think Poitras and Maudlin are both off the board. So the second best thing is Berkeley Pear, right? Yep. Berkeley Pear essentially plays in that region, friends with Trevor Brooks, friends with Jamie Graham. I think they respect him at an all-time high. So the Coasters take out and round out that first pick or that last round pick with uh, Berkeley Pear. Interesting. All right, Anthony, let's hear yours. Yeah, like you were saying, we were really close. Uh, <clears throat> we 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 did our drafts in the blind. I, I compared them afterwards. Out of the 32 picks in the first two rounds, we had 28 the same. So there were only four players that were different in our drafts. Uh, so we're really close. We even had a few in the exact same spot. But like you said, number one was the biggest difference. Uh, absolutely. Kyle Malone in the first round makes the most sense to me. Probability-wise, I think that's where it's going to go. I wanted to pick something else that I thought would shake up the discussion in a little bit, little bit, and still a legitimate option. I mean, you have a team that is a carpet-style uh, team, just chem bag chemistry-wise, play-wise. I went with who I thought is the best carpet bagger in the league right now, basically showing uh, showing it, not just you know all this rookie kind of status coming in, but I went with Alec Ryan as the first pick in the draft. Um, certainly if they decide to go with a carpet style player, I think that is a, a good pick. You've got Trzinski, Hogue, humans all throw that style bag. However, they mix it up. That could be a good two team start right out of the gate. 
uh, with a carpet style bag. But like you said, humans do, or excuse me, Malone does make the most sense. Number two with the aviators, Ohio aviators, you, Jay Rubin's not going to make it long. He's got to get off the board. I do think that the uh, woodchucks pass on a Jay Rubin because of the reasons that we were given Trey. I do think they pass on the number one best available. Pick. 100%. We actually, I think we matched at number three. You said uh, Ryan Smith. We both have that at number three location. I think is just going to take over on this same conference. He's the eighth best available pick. I think he moves up to three just because of the connection he's going to have with those, uh, with those captains right there. Ryan Smith, the captain last year himself. So he's obviously a solid player and he knows how this works. I think he would be a good pickup in the third one. Michigan Marauders. Um, we're talking a team team Titan connection here. Um, I like Gustafson going up here earlier. That's going to move him up quite a bit in the draft just because of the regional bias as well as the team Titan connection. I like, and a trending up player. Gustafson is throwing out of his mind right now compared to last season. He's a much more improved player. So I think he's better than his best available. I got him at four, five Georgia slingers. No Wooten. He's going to grab a carpet bagger right out of the beginning. Weedenfield seems like the obvious choice. I went with Weedenfield. could be a Cano could be a Fisher Hamilton. I think there's a relationship there with Weedenfield that uh, that's going to kind of get him above the other. So I like Weedenfield going five. <clears throat> Arizona burn. This might seem weird out of the gate. Jacob Beamer. There is a team ultra connection here. That is an all team ultra connection. Beamer is team ultra. And surprisingly, he's the third best overall pick. So him going at six with the third best overall pick, just statistic wise and the team ultra connection. I see Beamer going at number six. Like you said, with the Kentucky colonels, McGuffin, Guy, one of those two are going to go. I went with Jimmy McGuffin, just a natural. His his committed pro partner is one of the captains, right, with uh, with Damon Dennis. Um, and he is a better pick um, statistically. But Brett Guy shows himself over and over again in a team's format, in a round-limited format, could easily go in that spot as well. Um, Florida Freeze, a Florida guy, arguably a, a top three, top four pick, Fisher Hamilton. I liked pulling him out really quick uh, here at number eight. Florida's going to look at their their list of players. I think another Florida guy goes there. They have a lot to choose from. California Slingers at nine. Um, Tony Smith. You've got Caleb Batson out there. <clears throat> the number two best available pick. I have him dropping all the way to nine. So there is a relationship there between Batson and Smith. Smith's going to be looking for, I think, his partner. Who could I team up with in that list? I do like giving Caleb Batson the nod. He's a... He's a, um, you know, he's repeating as a pro. He's got experience going deep. He has the broadcast experience. Yes, maybe one of these rookies coming in could be a, an obvious choice as well, but I like Batson going nine. Number 10, Colorado Timber. You got Derek Holland still out there. Statistically, like you said last year, he had the highest PPR. That's again this year. This guy's numbers are extremely high. Why wouldn't Josh Holland, the captain of Team Timber, go out and get his dad? They're already a natural partnership. I like him going at that point. Um, Las Vegas Rollers. You still got Zocklin out there who has proven himself as a doubles partner. Um, you know, top in the league last season. His ex-pro his ex-pro partner, Halbert, or excuse me, his current pro partner, Halbert, yep. still out there. So uh, I like him going out and picking up a, an Eric Zockline there at number 11. Texas Bully Baggers. <laughs> AJ Sims still on the rack. He's gone. Like you said, if he's still available, come Texas bully bagger pick, he gone. Um, there's no way he's going to last long. 
Pennsylvania Ringers. Uh, I kind of like another carpetbagger here. You got Harbaugh as a captain. Creek Killer as a captain. I think Harbaugh and Altice have had experience playing together. I can see them partnering up. So who's Creek Killer going to play with? I like going out and grabbing like a Justin Burton Jr. with the 13th pick. That would be a really strong partnership if you put Burton Jr. and Creek Killer together. Chicago Spinners. Um, another regional bias here. They're boys. A national champ still on the board. From that area, Stephen Bernisette. Um, I can see him going at number 14. That one makes sense. 15 with the Missouri Mays. You got a world bracket winner. You've got an open champ. You've got a rookie of the year candidate still out there. A good fit for a Ryan Windsor, um, a Vincent Frisch. Um, easily Windsor and Herrera, who were both captains, could team up, right? They've got history and chemistry there. That would leave Fuentes without a partner, who is the third or second co-captain on that. Um, I kind of see maybe Herrera and Fuentes teaming up and then a Windsor Frisch teaming up to make that kind of top two, two uh, duo there. Um, and then the last pick, I kind of mentioned it earlier, California Coasters have the back-to-back. Modlin's still on the board. Poitras still on the board. I like them going back-to-back, picking up Modlin Poitras on the turn. I love that. Um, I got a couple notes. I know I know Michelle's going to speed us along, but I just a couple, couple thoughts I wanted to throw in here after looking through yours. So um, you have uh, Caleb Batson going to the Slingers. Like I said, I don't think there's any way Caleb Batson gets past 12. No way. I agree. No if, way. He, if he's available at 12, they're taking him. Um, another thing with um, – there was another – oh, Fisher Hamilton. I guarantee you if he makes it to eight, he is taken at eight. I am, I am almost completely confident that if the Florida Freeze had the number one overall pick, they would take Fisher Hamilton with the number one overall pick. I am that confident that Alex Rawls – wants Fisher Hamilton on the team above so, Malone above Malone. If Malone's still there, I bet he would take Fisher Hamilton. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, I am that I'm, I'm that pretty confident that he's going to take him. Um, you mentioned uh, Vincent Frisch in there. I love pulling that up forward. That's a good, that's an interesting one to have that Cali feel the Derek Holland. Again, I think 10 where you have him is the lowest that he possibly yes. goes. Yes. I just do not see Josh Holland seeing Derek drop below 10. No way. I happen to have him going before then, but I think the point remains to be seen that um, he can he, he can he can drop there. So, uh, but for the most part, yeah, pretty darn, really, everything is pretty darn close that we have here, Anthony. I mean, I think the biggest difference is 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 just that Alec Ryan Kyle Malone debate, which is which is crazy to think about. No doubt. It gets pretty interesting when you get into the second round. Um, but get I found it more, it kind of seemed a little bit more fitting at the beginning when I got into the second round. I was like, ooh, just your, so when you're looking at the 20 through 30 seed, the 30 through 40 seed, I think there's an argument that you're starting to deal with a similar, some, there's a point where you're dealing with a similar, similar schooled pool of players. You know, if you're looking right. at your 25 through your 35 rank, those guys are separated by the smallest margin. Right. So I think relationships, relationships start to take over. Bad chemistry starts to take over. It's not as obvious uh, when you get deeper into the seeds. I love this stuff. Love this stuff. Yeah, it's totally. It's, it's fun. And and I can't wait till we get into like trades and all sorts of because we didn't have that last season. So right. going to be super fun. Uh, but let's move on to news around the league. We had some conferences that happened this weekend. We had the Southeast Conference singles uh, was Kyle Malone, doubles Cheyenne Bubenheim and Alex Rawls. 
the Great Lakes Conference. Our singles winner was Stephen Bertisset, and for doubles, Philip Lopez Jr. and Mark Richards. For the Northeast Conference, the singles winner was Jacob Trzinski, and for doubles, Tyler Lugo and Trevor Herbst. And for the Mideast Conference, we had Noah Almanza as our singles winner, and then Trey Birchfeld and Noah Almanza for doubles. But we cannot move out of news around the league without mentioning Rosie Streaker. Rosie I was Streaker. hoping. <laughs> Rosie Streaker had a weekend. Beast mode. Beast mode. <laughs> the fellow member of our content team, Rosie Streaker. Um, she does all our podcast publishing. She takes down women's singles, takes down Cheyenne. And it was it was a dominating fashion. Like that is, I said, I put, I put it in our little group chat. I said, if, if that Rosie plays... Uh, with with the Sam Finley that we've been seeing, you do not want to play Sam Finley and Rosie Streaker this year. I promise you. I promise at the World Championships, you don't want to play him, and you don't want to play him throughout this season because it's not going to be fun to play against him. I mean, she had a near 11 PPR across the entire tournament. Ridiculous. That's Ridiculous. pushing the envelope. That is pushing the envelope. That That's pushing that ceiling higher. I don't think we've had an 11 through an entire tournament. So that yeah. is like that is pushing the ceiling right there. That's next level. I mean that, that is just absolutely absolutely bananas. Absolutely bananas. But the two that stuck out to me outside of Rosie Streaker and, and women's singles were two people that I think really helped their draft stock. And I'll be honest, Anthony, part of the reason that I got reinforced and okay with going with my number one overall pick, Kyle Malone. I know it's a singles event, but he takes down a stacked conference and he gets that win. So Kyle Malone, I really think helped his case. And I think I think a lot of us were almost looking for an excuse to take Steven Bernasette out of our of our first round, right? Yeah. We were like, he's there, but like I I I'm like fighting to keep him there, right? Instead yep. of saying he's a solid first round pick, I was like, it makes sense for him to be a first round pick, but I'm talking myself out of it. So with another win and another stacked conference with all of these big names that are coming out of that Great Lakes conference, he kind of puts his foot down and said, I, I am I am here still, and I am an elite-level player, and I think that's going to help his help his draft stock. I think the Chicagoland spinners, I think Richards, Lopez, and Morales are kind of like, okay, maybe you could have just chilled out a little bit so we could have taken you <laughs> make sure that you dropped to us at, uh, what is it, 14, the pick that they have? So – uh, but all in all, I think those two are the ones that kind of helped their draft stock and help helped their outlook the most going forward this season. Yeah, out of that Southeast. Uh, so I turned my draft picks in Friday. I didn't get to see Kyle just tear up the, t- the conference. I could easily be convinced that he goes number one. That is making the most sense. Um, I did want to give so some props out to Alan Rawls because last week I did call him out a little bit. He gave up 17 points in that match against Eric Davis in the doubles event. Uh, He came out and won a bracket, and he won it with his brother in the bracket. Alex Rawls was in that bracket. Jeremiah Hector, we talked about that one, was in his bracket. Jordan Camba took ninth. Again, we're talking about where where do you end up in the draft? He keeps showing me that he's not really a first or second round worthy, so keeping that in mind. And then a Chris Kingsbury, who was absolutely fire last weekend, 17th in his bracket. So we're seeing what floor capabilities we have out of some of these players. Um, did want to mention a few out of the Great Lakes. I took a peek at that one, saw some matches as well. Ruben wins his bracket, so he went through. Neistat in the final. That one's interesting. Shermerhorn took ninth in his bracket. Very un-Shermerhorn-like uh, going ninth in just a bracket in his conference. 
Jaden Ellis wins a bracket. We keep saying that name. I keep finding myself saying this young player's name. He could be something special in the future. Rob Vojanov. I've been saying his name as well. I haven't seen him play, but I've been mentioning his name a few times. He wins a bracket. He's completely off national level radar, um, but certainly improving. I believe he was an application pick, as a matter of fact. So coming in as an application guy, winning a conference bracket could be could be big. Like you said, Bernasette uh, winning. Check out his run. He went through Richards in the second round. Ryan Windsor, David Sutton, and a red-hot Jeremy Frazier. That was his run through his bracket with Richards ultimately taking ninth in his bracket. I thought that was interesting. But did you guys see we almost had a repeat of the world championship, the uh, greatest comeback 2.0? Did you guys see that at all? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, so Ruben and Power were down 20 to 0 to uh richards lopez came back and tied it at 20s and then power left one bag left of the hole in the last round to give up two points they almost came back from 20 to zero this time so we almost wow, had a two what point is it about that that's oh, crazy. yeah what is it that one was Jeez. crazy that one was crazy well that's that's pretty nuts well a good weekend of cornhole moving into buy or sell so i'm going to read some uh, lines here and then you let me know whether you buy or sell the first one being there will be a strong regional bias as team draft players uh, at the at the draft, and we kind of asked that to the actual captains, and I feel like it kind of gave away the answer. But what do you think? Yeah, Trent? yeah, I I, I think um, I think it's 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 going to be a buy for me. Now, the one thing I'll push back on is I'm not convinced that the first two rounds will have a lot of the bias. I think it's going to be later, right? I think it's when these people are going to grab these players that they know have take. Take the Carolina Coasters, right? Cameron Presley's not going to be a first-round pick. He's probably not going to be a second-round pick. But as we get later in the draft and we're looking at players of equal skill, they know what they're going to get from someone like a Cameron Presley. So I think the regional bias is actually going to start showing later in the draft. So I will buy. Anthony? I like that logic. Uh, I'm actually going to sell because I think that I think that bag sponsorships will actually play a heavier role than we think. We're seeing it in the opens. We're seeing random teams match up in opens based on sponsorships. So we're kind of seeing camaraderie amongst teams within sponsorships come into play. I think that we'll see quite a few picks just based on that as well. And then, I, I mean, Brooke said it earlier. I think they're looking at best available, not necessarily necessarily regional. And there are some regions out there that don't have – a big pool to choose from Colorado timber is going outside the region. I promise you <laughs> they're not yeah. going to have a lot of not to choose from. So I'm going to sell on that one. All right. Winning the first shootout is a curse this year because the finals are eight months away. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, travel costs. Yeah. I, I'll sell it. Um, just because I think, Look, we kind of had a similar effect this year. Brett Guy and Eric Davis won in May, and then they didn't play again until really September. So no, it's not six months, but they didn't play any round-limited games for that long. So I'm not sure it has that much an effect. So I'll sell. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah, I'll sell as well. I think it's a confidence booster. If you can come out and win the first one, and you're going to sit there going, I'm going to be a much better player eight months from now, I think it's going to be a confidence booster to lock them up, and, and it wouldn't affect you know, it's also the seeding, right? Like, so you're going to play the team that just barely made it after a lot of teams were taken out of the field. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, there will be a pick trade before the draft. 
you know, we haven't had anything yet. I'm going to buy it. I think someone's going to want to move off something be- between now and when we get there. And it may be the day before, right? They may, because I think a lot of these captains haven't started diving in yet. And now they're starting to do their homework. Um, and so I, I, I say we have one. I'll buy it. All right, Anthony. How many, how many trade deals have you seen come across your desk so far, Trey? So the uh, the only one that's been active is is just the woodchucks, and they approached multiple people. Nothing okay. has come to fruition yet, but they I know they've been in discussion with at least five teams of of moving off that first pick. I thought that that might actually get the juices flowing with the coaches, you know, or the yeah, the uh, captains. I thought if you haven't had another one since, I'm gonna I'm gonna. I'm going to say it's not going to happen. Um, I think they're gun shy. I, hey, you just need that first one to get people thinking about that. And if you're not getting more coming in, I kind of feel like it's not going to happen, which is sad. I want to see something happen. Let's shake it up a little bit here. Agreed. All right. How about the high school field will be tougher than the college field in Myrtle Beach this year? You know what? As much as Anthony's hyping up all these guys at high school, I'm going to buy it. Um, I think the collegiate group this year is going to take a little bit of a downturn just because, look, you lost Kobe Costanza, you lost Logan Chamberlain, you lost Ben Brown, right? A lot of these guys that were these college faces, um, you're going you're gonna to take a little bit of a step back. Now, there might be someone completely off our radar that jumps in, but nobody of that college age that I've seen so far is gonna, has come in and made that type of jump. So, I'm going to buy that high school has a deeper talent pool this year. What do you think, Anthony? Yeah, I, I think while these college kids are grinding through classes, these high school kids are getting out of their third period class. I'm off for the day, and they're throwing a lot of bags. I mean, we are seeing how much talent is in that junior, that just that young age. Uh, I'm going to buy it as well. I think high school is going to be pretty stacked. All right, last one. Trey and Anthony will beat Wally and Jake Brennan. Head to head <laughs> in Myrtle Beach. So background this, here, Wally texts me. Yeah, Wally texts me. He goes, "This has got to happen." Everybody's asking for it, and I'm like, "Is everybody asking for it?" Or oh are you my! Asking are you it? asking for it? I, yeah, I don't think any. First. I don't think anybody wants to see some see some tier two, tier three matchups on camera. I don't know if that's uh, something that interests people. Hey, I need Anthony. I need you to get into the lab. I need you to be practicing because I need you to carry this team. Hey. That's all I needed to hear. I just needed a little motivation. Is this on? Oh, it is on. It is on. He's taking it serious now. We got to throw. My... We have to throw something slow though. I don't want this all slide baloney. Unless we're, we're doing like two Let's throw something slow. No, I'm I'm on slow only right now. So we're good. Hey, Jake. Jake Brennan is a bagger. He I is, know. He is I'm tough. aware. I'm aware. He is tough. I got this, Trey. You put me yeah. on Jake Brennan's side. I got this. Yeah, you got to be exactly Wally. What needs to happen? I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna stru- You need. Look, the, the tier is Anthony, Jake. Hopefully, Anthony, Jake, Wally, Trey. It's just a matter of <laughs> how much better than Jake can Anthony be, and how much less worse than Wally can I be. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, think Jake. that's a fair, uh, yeah, assessment of that. Bye. Uh, by the way, bye. I'll buy it too. <laughs> buy all day. I'm, I'm hurting myself by buying it, but whatever. Uh, I'm going to sell. No, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know yes. what to say about that. Wally's pretty good though. Uh, and I've yes. never seen Jake, but I've seen him make it through brackets. So I have to assume he's, he's, he's tall. Like I said, we played in the HQ. We played three games. I won one of them. 
he beat me the first game 21 to zero, which is bad. Me and Wally played. Okay. Okay. He beat me 21 to zero. Bad. Not no excuses. Second game, I beat him like 21 16. Let's go. Third game, he beat me like 21 to eight. Now we were using slide rights, which which is <laughs> that's what awesome. it is. But it's Trey, Trey, you t- you told Anthony to get in the lab and practice. What are you gonna do for you? <laughs> I will not commit to any level of practice regime. Perfect. That's why I say Anthony has to do this all himself. Still all buying. Right. Well, there you have it. Let's move into Trey's favorite game. Name that player and uh, see how Anthony I can do here. All right, I got two of them this time. Okay, um, both of these players. Um, have won all of their titles in one specific format. Okay? So I'm going to do them both at the same time, and you can guess as you go, okay? Um, one of them – well, I'll go one at a time. Player number one has won all of their titles in the open format. Okay. They've won three of them. Okay. They are a carpet bag thrower. Okay. The split is two open doubles to one open singles. Fisher Hamilton. Oh my gosh, he's on a roll, Michelle. He is on a roll. Let's go. The next one, the next one was gonna be um, he's got the highest amount of titles of any rookie. He's the highest. He's got three titles as a rookie. Yep. Yeah, last there. season uh, he had the win with Kano. He had the singles win, and then there was a second doubles. Yeah, just um, recently this year, he won. Okay, yeah, uh, there you go. Yeah, he won. He won this year. So, Michelle, Anthony is is dominating recently. I'm he's not on. He's on fire here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The next player has won all of their titles. On the shootout format. Okay. Okay. The split has been two shootout singles to one shootout doubles. Okay. This player is a former top five player in the world. Ryan Smith. No. I always guess Ryan Smith. I'm glad you said (laughs) this time. (laughs) Former top five player in the world. Okay. Oh, that should be easy. Sli- uh, mostly slick bag player, no carpet. Wow. Okay. The only shootout thing is really hurting me right now. <laughs> um, every name that comes up, I'm like, nope, they won. They won an open. They Maudlin? won. Did Maudlin win something else? What has Maudlin won? It is not. I'm gonna go Adam Hisner. It is not Adam. Top five. Who else has bags? The person was a top five player at some point in 2021. In 2021, so last season? Stephen Bernasset. Nope. Oh my goodness. This should be easy. Are you kidding me? Three, Three total titles, all shootouts. Three total titles, all shootouts. And a top five player. Oh, my gosh. This is a kind of an obvious, not an obvious one, but this is the next big clue. Okay. The person played on the broadcast court at the Spencer McKenzie's throwdown this year. Uh, Berkeley Pear? 
Trevor, nope. Um, last, last clue. This is the giveaway. This person is a female. And she was top five? Cheyenne Renner. Bourbon. Boobenheim. Bourbon? <laughs> uh, Cameron Belvin? Cameron Belvin. There oh, my is. God. Cameron <laughs> Belvin finished fifth at the 2021 ACL kickoff battle yeah. and was a top five player in the world. In oh, January my goodness. Yeah, that was a dumb answer. Oh, Cheyenne wasn't, Cheyenne wasn't on the broadcast. Son of a gun. Oh, I got you man. guys on that one. Yo, yeah. All right. The, the top five thing really threw me off. All right, Trey, what's your uh, hot take? Hot take. Anthony and I beat Wally and Jake Brandon. <laughs> that is hot take. It's pretty hot. It's pretty hot. It it is, is, this is steaming. We got work and to Trey, do. And, work and to. Trey throws above a seven PPR. Whoa, whoa. That is flaming hot Cheeto take right there. <laughs> flaming hot. Trey, do you think our chances are best just going one game or best out of three? Oh, one game. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking games? one game. Yeah. I think whoa, one game. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I said he's best when he just, you, know, you get worse as time goes, right? So you right. got to, yes. yeah, okay. Right, I'm going to stick with All my right. pick. Number one pick in the draft will be Alec Ryan. I think that's sizzling hot. I think that's sizzling it hot because Malone is the obvious. It is too. I'm going to piggyback off yours and say Vincent Frisch goes in the first round, kind of but the way you set it up. I like that. Okay. Yep. All right, guys, that's all, all we got this week. We'll see you guys next time.